Shalom. Greetings. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. The website is scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. Today we are resuming, or rather we're looking at this week's Torah portion, which happens to be called Meketz. And it's Genesis chapter 41 through 44 verse 17. Here is the portion summary for this morning. The tenth reading from the book of Genesis is named Mechetz, which means the end. The title comes from the first verse of the reading, which says, Now it happened at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream. The portion begins with Pharaoh's portentous dream, Joseph's interpretations, and his subsequent rise to power over Egypt. When a famine strikes the land of Canaan, his brothers come to Egypt seeking again, seeking grain, I'm sorry, but they do not recognize Joseph, who engineers a means by which he can test their character. Now, we have to do a little bit of a recap, and if I, if I had a way to just summarize the portion we're getting ready to read, or some truth to point out, it would be the sovereignty of God. And we're going to see this in this story of how God is sovereign and how when it comes to his people, he's involved even in the smallest details. Now let's try to imagine being in Joseph's shoes for a moment before we get into this study. He's hated by his brothers mostly because of the favoritism that is shown to him by Jacob. They sell him to the Ishmaelites, and he becomes a slave to Egypt. But God gives him a little bit of favor when he gets to Egypt, and he becomes head over Potiphar's house. But then Potiphar's wife tries to seduce Joseph. He rejects her advances, and she falsely claims that he attempted to rape her which lands him in prison. So now he's in prison. He's in there with two guys who both have a dream. He interprets their dreams, and one of them was to be killed when it happened, just as Joseph said, and the other one was restored to his position as a cupbearer, and it happened. Or, I'm sorry, the, yeah, the chief butler. And Joseph asked the butler to remember him when he's restored. But verse 23, the last verse from last week's reading says, Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. And our portion for today starts with this phrase, And it came to pass at the end, which is why it's called Mikhetz, at the end of two full years, the Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. So, your mother's dead. Your brothers hate you. They sell you into slavery. You do your best, even out of, you try to make the best out of the worst of circumstances, and so you're prospering the house of Potiphar, and he gives you a great position. You do the godly thing. You reject the advances of Potiphar's wife. 
then you're falsely accused. You go to prison. You ask a guy that you helped and you gave him an interpretation of his dream to remember you. He's got access to Pharaoh. He forgets. And now it's been two years more that you've rotted in that cell. And one might be tempted to think, or at least I would, where is God? God's clearly not interested in me. God's clearly not for me. He's, he's clearly not involved in the details. He clearly doesn't care what's happened to me. It'd be very easy to feel that way and to think that way. So with that backdrop in mind, let's look at how the story plays out. Starting with verse 1, chapter 41, the book of Genesis, here's what it says. And it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by a river. And behold, there came up out of the river seven well-favored kine and flat-fleshed, and they fed in the meadow. And behold, seven other kind came up after them out of the river, ill-favored, lean-fleshed, and stood by the other kind upon the brink of the river. And an ill-favored and lean-fleshed kind did eat up the seven well-favored and fat kind, so Pharaoh awoke. And he slept and he dreamed a second time, and behold, seven ears of corn came up, came upon one stalk, ranked and good. And behold, seven thin ears, and blasted with the east wind, sprung up after them. And the seven thin ears devoured the seven rank and full ears, and Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. And it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled. And he sent, and he called all the magicians of Egypt, and all the wise men thereof, and Pharaoh told them his dream. But there was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh. Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember my faults this day. Pharaoh was wroth with his servants, and put me in ward in the captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief baker. And we dreamed a dream in one night, I and he, and we dreamed each man according to the interpretation of his dream. And there was there with us a young man, a Hebrew, servant to the captain of the guard, and we told him, and he interpreted to us our dreams. To each man, according to his dream, he did interpret. And it came to pass, as he interpreted to us, so it was. Me he restored unto mine office, and him he hanged. Then Pharaoh sent, and he called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon, and he shaved himself and changed his raiment, and came in unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Please note, this is... This is the character of Joseph. He gets pulled out of jail. Here's his opportunity, right? 
Pharaoh says, I've heard that you can interpret dreams. And so I've had one. I need you to interpret it. Joseph doesn't say, yeah, I have that spiritual gift, right? That sounds like something Christians would say today. Yep, I have that spiritual gift. Allow me to do this. What does he say? It's Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Saying, it's not me. All glory to God. This is a man who's been in prison for the last two years. All glory to God. Continuing on. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, In my dream, behold, I stood upon the bank of the river. And behold, there came up out of the river seven kind, fat-fleshed and well-favored. And they fed in the meadow. And behold, seven other kind came up after them, poor and very ill-favored and lean-fleshed, such as I have never seen in all the land of Egypt for badness. And the lean and the ill-favored kind did eat up the first seven fat kind. And when they had eaten them up, it could not be known that they had eaten them, but they were still ill-favored as it the beginning, as at the beginning. So I awoke, and I saw my dream, and behold, seven ears came up in one stalk, full and good. And behold, seven ears withered and thin and blasted with the east wind sprung up after them. And the thin ears devoured the seven good ears, and I told this unto the magicians, but there was none that could declare it to me. And Joseph said unto Pharaoh, The dream of Pharaoh is one. God hath showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good kind are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dream is one. And the seven thin and ill-favored kind that came up after are seven years, and the seven empty ears blasted with the east wind shall be seven years of famine. This is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. Behold, there come seven years of great plenty, throughout all the land of Egypt. And there shall rise after these them seven years of famine, and all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt. And the famine shall consume the land, and the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of that the famine following, for it shall be very grievous. And for that... The dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. Please note a couple of interesting things, or just useful things to point out. I said that the sovereignty of God is going to be all throughout this portion this morning. Joseph is telling Pharaoh, you had the dream twice because this is God's way of saying this is for sure going to happen. And this is really how in, how things were done in the minds of Hebrews. Uh, even in Jesus' day, you, you'll see Jesus say, truly, truly I say unto you, etc., etc., right? When Jesus would say truly, truly, it was for emphasis to say this is not just true, it's really true. Uh in the book of Isaiah, he's in the throne room and the angels are flying around saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Right? 
it's it's so the person hearing this understands that God's not just holy. He's like really, really holy. Okay. Just was saying you had to dream twice because this is for sure going to happen. God has determined it and it's going to happen soon. So we're already seeing the sovereignty of God and we're starting to see the sovereignty of God in Joseph's life because he was in prison for two years, but he did this thing where he interpreted dreams for a couple of guys and now he's here before Pharaoh interpreting the dream for Pharaoh and he's about to give him some wise counsel and a result and it's going to result in Joseph himself in his humility being exalted above all Egypt even though all these things were happening to Joseph he doesn't sway from his faith although he may have some dark moments that we don't know about that aren't recorded but when he's got the opportunity he doesn't exalt himself does he he says God will give you an interpretation of peace here's what's about to happen and you can count on it it's coming and it's going to happen Let's continue on here. Let me just start back with verse 32. And for that, the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this. And let him appoint officers over the land and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in seven plenteous years. And let him gather all the food of those good years that came and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities. And that food shall be for store to the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt. And the land perish not through the famine. So Joseph's giving Pharaoh some wise counsel. He's saying, this thing is going to happen. You need to find somebody who's wise and trustworthy, and you need to kind of set up a hierarchy, and they need to be responsible for storing up the grain over these next seven years while things are plenteous so that Egypt doesn't starve to death during the seven years of famine that are for sure going to happen. You know, the Bible talks about how a wise person or a prudent person sees danger coming and prepares. And the naive, they pay the price of being naive. Uh, one example that comes to mind right away is Proverbs 22, and I think Proverbs 27 also basically says the exact same thing. And here I'm pulling it up here. A prudent person sees evil and hides himself, but the naive proceed and pay the penalty. By the way, we are currently living in a time where if you can't tell by what's happening at the grocery stores and all these things, like a prudent person sees that, and I've been warning you about it for two years that it was coming. Right? And now it's starting to come to fruition. Be, I'm not going to go into much detail because I don't want to get off into some rabbit trail, but be paying attention to that and be prudent and be preparing for yourself and your family. Continuing on. 
and let them gather all the food in those good years that come and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh, and let them keep food in the cities, and the food shall be restored to the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, and the land perish not through the famine. And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh, and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one as this is, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God hath showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off a ring from his hand, and he put it upon Joseph's hands, and he arrayed him in vestures of fine linen, and put gold chain about his neck. And he made him to ride on the second chariot which he had, and they cried before him, Bow the knee, and made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. Please note, we can't overlook this. Joseph just went from guy hopelessly bound in prison for crime that he didn't commit to lord over all of Egypt, the most powerful nation in the world. This is how quickly, if God so deems it, can change the, the life you're living. If you be like Joseph, who's humble and willing to do whatever it is. He's not begging to go home. He's not... He's understanding his calling, and God is prospering him, and he just became... I mean, it says that the people, they were crying out as he's riding in the second... He was just in jail. Now people are bowing the knee and crying out before him, and he's riding in a chariot, and he's arrayed in fine vesture, and... And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zaphnath Paanei. And he gave him to wife Asenath, the daughter of Portifer, a priest of On. And Joseph went out all over the land of Egypt. And Joseph was thirty years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. And in the seven plenteous years, the earth brought forth by handfuls. And he gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt, and laid up food in the cities, the food of the field, which was round about every city, laid he up the same. And Joseph gathered corn and the sand, like the sand of the sea very much until he left numbering, for it was without number. And unto Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came which Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of On, bare unto him. And Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. For God said, He hath made me to forget all my toil and all my father's house. And the name of the second he called Ephraim. For God hath caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. And the seven years were plentiness 
that was in the land of Egypt were ended, and the seven years of dearth began to come. According as Joseph had said, and dearth was in all the lands, but in all the lands of Egypt there was bread. And when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread, and Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians, Go unto Joseph, what he saith you do. And the famine was all over the face of the earth. And Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold unto the Egyptians. And the famine waxed sore in the land of Egypt. And all the countries came into Egypt to Joseph for to buy corn, because that the famine was so sore in all the lands. Please note, Joseph wasn't just put in this position to save Egypt. It says all the lands, all the face of the earth... All the known civilizations were starving because of this famine. Who were they coming to? They were coming to Egypt, and Joseph was selling them grain. God not only appointed Joseph to save Egypt, but everyone. Verse chapter 42. Now when Jacob saw that there was no that there was corn in Egypt, Jacob said unto his sons, Why do you look one upon another? And he said, Behold, I have heard that there is corn in Egypt. Get you down thither and buy for us from thence, that we may live and not die. And Joseph's ten brothers went down to buy corn in Egypt. But Benjamin, Joseph's brother, Jacob sent not with his brethren, for he said, Lest peradventure mischief befall him. <laughs> Something important to note. Sorry, I keep interrupting. I mean, you remember the favoritism that was shown to Joseph because he was Rachel's son, right? Where the other ten boys were from Leah and the concubines. Benjamin was the child born to Rachel and her, and she died giving birth. So two sons by Rachel, Joseph and Benjamin. Joseph's already gone, and so he sends the ten boys, you guys go to Egypt, but Benjamin stays here lest something would happen to him. So it's still that dynamic of favor over Rachel's seed, but, you know, it's kind of like the story where he's like, okay, all of you go and meet Esau first, but Rachel and, you know, Joseph are going to stay back here. Verse 5. And the sons of Israel came to buy corn among those that came, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. And Joseph was governor over the land, and he it was that sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brethren came and bowed themselves before him with their faces to the earth. By the way, remember, what had, Joseph had the dream, right? Before they got mad at him and sold him into captivity, and the dream was that they bowed down to him. Now it's happening in real time. Verse 7. And Joseph saw his brethren, and he knew them, but he made himself strange unto them, and spake roughly unto them. And he said unto them, Whence come ye? And he said, From the land of Canaan to buy food. And Joseph knew his brethren, but they knew not him. And Joseph remembered the dreams which he had dreamed of them. And he said unto them, Ye are spies to see the nakedness of the land you are come. And they said unto him, Nay, my lord, but to buy food are thy servants come. We are all of one man's sons. We are true men. Thy servants are no spies. And he said unto them, Nay, but to see the nakedness of the land you are come. 
And they said, Thy servants are twelve brethren, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. And behold, the youngest is this day with our father, and one is not. And Joseph said unto them, That is it that I spake unto you, saying, Ye are spies. Hereby ye shall be proved. By the life of Pharaoh ye shall not go forth hence, except your youngest brother come hither. Send one of you, and let him fetch your brother. And ye shall be kept in prison, that your words may be proved, whether there will be any truth in you, or else by the life of Pharaoh surely you are spies. And they put them all together in the ward three days. And Joseph said unto them the third day, This do, and live, for I fear God. If you be true men, let one of your brethren be bound in the house of your prison. Go, you carry corn for the famine of your house, but bring your youngest brother unto me. So shall your words be verified, and ye shall not die. And they did so. And they said one to another, We are verily guilty concerning our brother, and that we saw the anguish of his soul when we when he besought us, and we would not hear, therefore this distress come upon us. And Reuben answered him, saying, Spake, spake not, spake I not unto you, saying, Do not sin against the child, and you would not hear, therefore, behold, also this blood is required. And they knew not that Joseph understood them, for he spake unto them by an interpreter. And he turned himself about from them and wept, and returned again to commune with them, and took from them Simeon and bound him before their eyes. Please note. They acknowledge in this moment that this is happening to them. They're reaping what they've sown. This is happening to them because of the way they've tr- they treated their brother Joseph. And Reuben's even like, didn't I say at that moment, don't do this? If you remember, Reuben was the only one who was trying to preserve Joseph. And we've speculated maybe that was to earn favor back with his father because remember what Reuben did with the concubine, right? Here's the thing is Joseph has been speaking to them through an Egyptian interpreter. They don't realize that he, who he is, or furthermore, that he speaks and understands Hebrew. But he hears what they're saying. He hears this conversation. And obviously it brings him... Of weeping, he has to go to the side and cry for a minute over hearing his brothers, which he's probably longed to hear, acknowledge their offense against him. Verse 25 Then Joseph commanded to fill their sacks with corn and to restore every man's money into his sack to give them provisions for the way. Thus did he unto them. And they laded their asses with the corn and departed thence. And as one of them opened his sack to give his ass provender in the inn, he despised his money, for behold, it was in his sack's mouth. And he said unto his brethren, My money is restored, and lo, it is even in my sack. And their hearts failed them, for they were afraid, saying one to another, What is this that God hath done unto us? I have to interrupt again. We were talking about how this whole portion that we're reading today just screams about the sovereignty of God, specifically where Joseph is concerned, but look at this. The sons of Israel acknowledge that this distress that's come upon them is from God. What do they say? All these bad things are happening to us, 
Who do they attribute it to? What is this that God hath done unto us? Verse 29, And they came unto Jacob their father unto the land of Canaan and told him all that befell them, saying, The man who is the Lord of the land spake roughly unto us and took us for spies of the country. And we said unto him, We are true men, we are no spies. We be twelve brethren, sons of our father. One is not, and the youngest is this day with our father in the land of Canaan. And the man, the Lord of the country, said unto us, Hereby shall I know that you are true men. Leave one of your brethren here with me, and take food for the famine for your households, and be gone, and bring your youngest brother unto me. Then I shall know that you are no spies, but that you are true men. So will I deliver you, your brother, and you shall traffic in the land. And it came to pass, as they emptied their sacks, that, behold, every man's bundle of money was in his sack, and when both they, their father, saw the bundles of money, they were afraid. And Jacob, their father, said unto them, Me have you bereaved of my children. Joseph is not, Simeon is not, and you will take Benjamin away? All these things are against me. And Reuben spake unto his father, saying, Slay my two sons, if I bring him not to thee, deliver him into my hand, and I will bring him to thee again. And he said, My son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead, and he is left alone. If mischief befall him by the way in which ye go, then shall ye bring me down my gray hairs with sorrow now to the grave. Chapter 43 And the famine was sore in the land. And it came to pass that when they had eaten up the corn which they had had brought out of Egypt, their father said unto them, Go again and buy us a little food. And Judah spake unto him, saying, The man did solemnly protest unto us, saying, You shall not see my face except your brother be with you. If thou will not send our brother with us, we will, we will go down. If you will send our brother with us, we will go down and buy food. But if thou wilt not send him, we will not go down. For the man said unto us, You shall not see my face, except your brother be with you. And Israel said, Wherefore dealt ye so ill with me, as to tell the man whether ye had yet a brother? And they said, The man asked us straightly of our estate, and of our kindred, saying, Is your father yet alive? Have you another brother? And we told him according to the tenor of these words, could we certainly know that he would say, Bring your brother down? And Judah said unto Israel his father, Send the lad with me, and I will arise and go, that we may live and not die, both we and thou and our little ones. I will be surety for him, of my hand shalt thou require him, if I bring him not unto thee, and set him before thee. Then let me bear the blame forever." For except we have lingered, surely now we have returned this second time. And their father Israel said unto them, If it must be so now, do this. Take of the best fruits of the land of our best vessel, and carry down the man a present, a little balm and a little honey, spices and myrrhs, nuts and almonds, and take double money in your hand. And the money that was brought again in the mouth of your sacks, carry it again in your hand, peradventure it was an oversight. Take also your brother and arise and go unto the man. And God Almighty give you mercy before the man, that he may send away your other brother and Benjamin. If I be bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. And the men took that present, and they took double money in their hand. And Benjamin arose up 
and went down to Egypt and stood before Joseph. And when Joseph saw Benjamin with him, he said to the ruler of his house, Bring these men home, and slay and make ready, for these men shall dine with me at noon. And the man did as Joseph bade, and the man brought the men into Joseph's house. And the men were afraid because they were brought into Joseph's house, and they said, Because of the money that was returned to our sacks at this first time, we are brought in that he may seek occasion against us, and fall upon us, and take us for bondmen and our asses. And they came near to the steward of Joseph's house, and they communed with him at the door of the house, and said, O sir, we came indeed down the first time to buy food. And it came to pass, when we came to the end, that we opened our sacks, and behold, every man's money was in the mouth of his sack, our money in full weight, and we have brought it again in our hand. And the other money we brought down in our hands to buy food, we could not tell who put our money in our sacks. And he said, Peace be to you. Fear not. Your God and the God of your father hath given you treasure in your sacks. I had your money. And he brought Simeon out unto them. And, Abram, and the man brought the men into Joseph's house and gave them water, and they washed their feet, and he gave their asses provender. And they made ready the present against Joseph came at noon. For they heard that they should eat bread there. And when Joseph came home, they brought him the present which was in their hand into the house and bowed themselves to him to the earth. And he asked them of their welfare and said, Is your father well, the old man whom you spake? Is he yet alive? And they answered, Thy servant, our father, is in good health. He is yet alive. And they bowed down their heads and made obstinence. And he lifted up his eyes and he saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and he said, is this, the young, is this your younger brother, of whom you spake unto me? And he said, God be gracious unto thee, my son. And Joseph made haste, for his bowels did yearn upon his brother, and he sought where he could weep. And he entered into his chamber and wept there. And he washed his face, and he went out, and refrained himself, and said, Set on bread. And they set on for by himself, for them by themselves, and the Egyptians, which did eat with him by themselves, because the Egyptians might not eat bread with the Hebrews, for it is an abomination unto the Egyptians. And they sat before him the firstborn according to his birthright, and the youngest according to his youth, and the men marveled at one another. Let's not overlook that. Joseph has them seated at the table, but he puts them in chronological order, right? Oldest to youngest. And so the brothers are like, you know, they're marveling at themselves, thinking, how did this guy know, you know, the order? Verse 34, And he took and he sent messes unto them from before him, but Benjamin's mess was five times so much as any of theirs. And they drank and they were merry with him. Fourteen more verses, and our portion is over for this morning. And he commanded the steward of his house, saying, Fill the men's sacks with food, as much as they can carry, and put every man's money in his sack mouth, and put my cup, the silver cup, in the sack's mouth of the youngest, and his corn money. And he did according to the word that Joseph spoken. As soon as the morning was light, the men were sent away, and their asses. And when they were gone out of the city, and not yet far off, Joseph said unto his steward, Up, follow after the men. And when thou dost overtake them, say unto them, Wherefore have you rewarded evil for good? 
Is not this in which my Lord drinketh, and whereby indeed he divineth? You have done evil in so doing. And he overlooked, overtook them, and spake unto them these same words. And they said unto him, Wherefore saith my Lord these words? God forbid that the servants should do according to this thing. Behold, the money which we found in our sacks' mouths we brought again unto thee out of the land of Canaan. How then shall we steal out of thy Lord's house silver or gold? With whomever thy servant is be found, both let him die, and we also will be my Lord's bondmen. And he said, Now, let it be according to your words, and with whom it is found shall be my servant, and ye shall be blameless. Then they speedily took down every man his sack to the ground, and opened every man his sack. And he searched and began at the eldest, and left at the youngest, and the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. Then they rent their clothes, and laid at every man his ass, and returned to the city. Last verse, or I'm sorry, three more verses. And Judah his brethren came to Joseph's house, for he was yet there, and they fell down before him on the ground. And Joseph said unto them, What deed is this that you have done? Wrought ye not that such a man as I can certainly divine? And Judah said, What shall we say unto my Lord? What shall we speak? Or how should we clear ourselves? God has found out the iniquity of thy servants. Behold, we are thy Lord's servants, both we and he also with whom the cup is found. Last verse 17. And he said, God forbid that I should do so. But the man in whose hand the cup is found, he shall be my servant. And as for you, get up in peace and go to your father. So that is the end of our portion for this morning. And it ends with, they still don't know that Joseph is this ruler. And Joseph's been putting them through a series of tests. I think he's trying to discover, are they really repentive about what they've done to him, which they seem to be. Uh, twice now they've acknowledged that what's happening to them is a result of that decision that they made against their brother Joseph. And of course, Joseph is showing Benjamin favor. Benjamin wasn't part of what happened, for one. And number two, Benjamin is actually Joseph's full-blooded brother. They came from the same mother. It's an interesting story, and it gets even more profound next week. This theme, the sovereignty of God, is the theme that I've kind of pointed out for this portion and next week portion is all throughout. You see Joseph exalted, saving really the whole world from famine, right? I mean, who would, would you have expected that you would go from prison to the most powerful man in the world? only second to Pharaoh himself? Would you expect that you'd be having this interaction with your brothers who sold you into slavery? And even the brothers themselves acknowledge all this is happening to us because God has ordained it to be so. I hope you've been blessed this morning. hope your hearts have been pierced. hope you've been encouraged and strengthened through the word of God and your minds renewed. Thanks for listening. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.